Welcome to Mum Guilds, the place where my mum somehow managed to squeeze in yet another chat with Maria Tata. But hold on, before you kick things off, can I get a snack, please? Just FYI, they're not doctors, nutritionists, nor qualified life coaches. They're just mums, so make sure you consult your doctor or do your own research. So, do your kids ever invite friends over for playdates after school? Like right after school. Oh, yes. We went through that phase, of course. Well, Mika recently has been loving to surprise me, you know, time to time, not every day. He puts me on the spot during pickup time. He'll be like, his friend's right there. And usually the helper or like the auntie is there with their friend. It hasn't been the mom yet, so that's better. And he'll be like, can such and such come over for a play date? And I'm there like, unprepared, awkwardly. I go, sure, maybe today is not a good time or now is not a good time. <laughs> I should speak to his mummy and then we can arrange yes. a better time. <laughs> we'll do it. I promise we'll do it. But, you know, I think he, he might need to go home now. Or, you he know, needs I just planning. have to come up with an excuse and he needs planning. Kids don't know how much we plan for things. <laughs> They're very spontaneous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lara used to come home from school and very confidently tell me oh mama my friend's coming over today and I'll be like yeah not even uh, asking you know not, FYI that's not possible because her mom hasn't spoken to me and she would argue with me she'd be telling me no 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 she really is she's coming I, and I'll tell her like mommy we have to arrange this with the mom the mom usually talks how is she even going to come here no no trust me she was probably five back then it was it's always when they first start going to school they're just so excited yes. and I just like ignore I'm like oh I'm just not dealing with this right now like oh, go go figure it out yourself I don't want him to be antisocial like I'm happy for him to invite anyone it's good that he's thinking of inviting friends over but come on after school is a little inconvenient for mommy but I think it's partly, actually not partly, mostly. It's because I just think about, oh my God, the house, the toys, are they organized? You know, are they clean? So what I did over the weekend, since holiday is coming up and he's probably going to want more play dates, I went and reorganized the whole kid's room, the toys there, decluttered and cleaned. So now, you know, I'm all ready for play dates. You know what? I definitely agree with the whole toys not being organized. I also, before a play day, I would do a big cleanup knowingly when kids come over, they are going to mess it up anyway. I don't know why it's so weird, but it will actually be much easier to pack up afterwards because the toys are organized and have no issues. Kids messing it up, taking Absolutely. everything out, but having things organized makes me happy. And even as a guest, who wouldn't want to play with organized toys? Absolutely. And I saw what you did though on, in, on our Instagram page. That was amazing. The little Ikea boxes are so clever but I don't have a lot of little bits and pieces your toys are so tiny but obviously very educational <laughs> little toys <laughs> and you had you had so many of them I I usually use Ikea Ziploc bags they are so strong uh, mm. I just find them easier to go inside a basket because I've got like a 
you know, those baskets that go in the IKEA yeah. shelves. No, they they are really good. The boxes are really cool. They're um that you could stack them up. You know what they're good for? You know those boards, like the big wooden ones with like the little alphabet alphabet or numbers that you yes. pieces that you yeah, have in, those like in a... Ziploc bags. Yeah, but yeah, obviously yeah, those... exactly. that, I've that never seen well. this size box from IKEA. I've got the same yeah. one, but in a bigger version with a little compartment. Yes. But then yes, I don't like, yeah, I've never come across those little ones. <laughs> when the toys are organized, the kids want to play with them more. Like when they, when they wake up and then they know where to go for what. Where to so, go. Yeah. My but kids get like so overwhelmed. Too. Yeah, exactly. When yeah. our office desk is not clean. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to work. I mean, You're you will work anyway if your kitchen, you know, is my messy. Kitchen but is my messy, personality, yeah. I don't want to step into my kitchen if my kitchen is not organized or not clean. I'd be like, okay, take out. But then there comes a point where I need to I'm clean. not having fun. If things are not organized, I'm not having fun, but I still have to cook. I still have to make yeah, dinner. That's a difference. That's what, I think it, that's different. That's what yeah. it is. But yes, I mean, I, I don't do baking unless it's so nice and clean everywhere. <laughs> Back to play dates. I wanted to ask you. How do you feel about extended play dates, like sleepovers? <laughs> I saw this reel. This guy was warning parents to be careful of who they leave their children with, <laughs> alone with, and like what's going on at that house, who will be coming over. Is there like a crazy, <laughs> crazy uncle? <laughs> That's what he said. And then he goes on saying, you know, if you're not there, then somebody else is in charge. <laughs> what do you think about all of this? Do your girls ask for sleepovers? My kids aren't that age yet to ask for it. They have slept over at their grandparents' and their cousins' house once. I don't know. For me, it's a big no. I think from memory, Lara only asked once. And I said, no way. There's no way you will sleep at anyone else's house except your grandparents. And my husband thinks the same. Obviously, we're on the same page. The only other house they have slept in is my cousin's house. Not their cousins. <laughs> they're yeah. my, my cousin's house which their kids are the same age as my girls. And the girls know that's probably the only other house they could sleep. Um, But they actually don't even care because they love them so much. And they think, oh, if we could just sleep there, that's good enough for us. So we don't care about sleeping anywhere else. Have you been allowed? Have you ever been allowed to sleep at friends' house? Um, No, growing up, I was never, never allowed. So how about you? I remember sleeping at my Right. best friend's house once and you had the best time of your life it really was the best time of my life <laughs> I still have a vision for some reason the parents were not there but they lived with their grandma so she was the right adult supervising and I remember sleeping in the in her parents bed it was so cool we really did have the best time <laughs> and the little chit chats but you know what I mean when we were growing mm. up we went camp like church camp we used to go every summer and that used to be probably a week or, or like for a whole week and it used, it used to be long we used to share like big room with 20 beds that it was the best yeah like are we going to be depriving our kids from all this fun that they could be having but then there's camps as you mentioned the last one that my daughter went to Lara that was her first time ever it was only for one night and she had the time of her life I mean just staying away from home I think that's already so exciting for them you know the times have changed as well like growing up us we were allowed to play outside we could walk to our we could go walk to the bread uh, to the bakery get bread in the morning walk to the grandparents house pick up the food and bring it back this is when we were like what 10 years old 10 11 yeah. 12 it was so much 
safer. This is back in Syria. In Singapore as well, I see kids in year one, two, three, they leave school by themselves. They walk home, they catch public transport by themselves. And I would be like, are they safe? Are they okay to do this alone? I don't know at what age I will allow my my son to do that, for example. And I thought I was the only one. But then this Japanese woman the other day actually stopped one of the kids. And he, she was like, how old are you? And then, are you safe? <laughs> so she was asking, so aggressive. Asking I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I feel like the Japanese are very family oriented. They, a lot of the Japanese moms they come and pick up the kids they drop off the kids like they don't send the helpers or the aunties when we have play dates for example with kids there's moms who just send the helper yeah like there's been times where I've, I've organized play dates all excited to go on a play date and like socialize with a parent and then we go there and it's the kid with the helper <laughs> and, and the helper you know just there to look after the kid they're not there to socialize okay I understand that you're working but then don't organize the play date in yeah. a way where like you're gonna be yes. there but the Japanese moms they they're always there give give me a heads up you know like tell yeah. me <laughs> don't tell me last minute give me a heads up like the way they organize is oh let's organize a play date <laughs> and then they just send the helper <laughs> this is another thing right when I was growing up the shops were quite close to where we lived. It's really far. I mean, if I'm going to walk to my local shops, it's half an hour walk here. Mm. I mean, there's no way I'm sending my daughter half an hour to walk to get something and come back, right? It yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but if you live in the city center, where I probably would tell Lara, go get milk. 10, 11, 12, this is the good age where they're, yeah. they start they're very responsible and they start um, showing responsibility. I remember we used to go every summer. We had obviously long summers in Syria, three months. We used to take time off school and we would go, we would have to travel to Damascus for my dad's work. And where we lived, there was a big market-like veggie shop. I remember being quite far, probably like three to four streets away from our shop, uh, from my house. Anyway, I used to beg my mom to go and shop I'm like mom please please let me like to let me go and shop and buy grocery and she used to be like oh okay good just go that's fine so like, you, had an, you had an in you from that to go to the market <laughs> I used to love it and I used to go by my I used oh. to go by myself I'm like I know how to pick you know you would wow. pick like the good ones wow. and put it in a bag and pay for it mom would give me money um, we used yeah, to go and, and buy like carry... guzzles and like like oh. pork in in bags, in plastic bags. Yeah. That's yeah. what we used to do. <laughs> I yeah. still have the memory of me carrying bags in my hand, and I've probably overshopped because I'm like, I want this, I want this, <laughs> and How it's all fruit cool. and vegetables, by the way. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think I was around eleven. Yeah, and I used to walk back, and I used to be so proud of myself. Is is for me that used to be a huge task that I've done a favor for my mom. Yeah. Wow. Which, I don't know if my mom really cared, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure she did. Yeah. Looking back at that age, I think Lara is ready for these type of things now. Yeah. But again, we don't live that close to the shops and uh, it's not very convenient here. I mean, you drive everywhere. You would in Singapore though, right? Yeah, it's like, a pretty cool, cool 
close. We we give Mika little tasks within the condo, and it's all locked up, obviously. Because you have a convenience store in yes. your. And you said so you the, had a butcher as well in your. The condo. butcher is outside the condo, so I wouldn't send him there. Okay. It's right okay. outside, so I wouldn't send okay, him yeah. somewhere by himself to to uh, swipe Get out. Get out outside. But within yeah, the condo, out, yeah. you see the kids all the time, all the time, like five, six, seven year olds by themselves or with aunties just you know supervising them but a lot of them are which is the aunties are the helpers helpers right? yeah, aunties. yeah 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 so <laughs> um at this recent play date this kid thought I was an auntie oh Mika your auntie <laughs> is looking for you I was like great oh my I god auntie. I'm Mika's mommy Oh my god! What's your mommy? Is that a is that offensive or not? I feel like you know, where's your mommy? That's right. I've showed up here. Where's your mom? And what was I saying? Yeah. So he sees because he sees these kids, he wants to also. So we allow little things like when we're walking back home, I'd be like, "You go ahead of me, all the way home." Yeah. Once we've kind of uh, once we're inside the condo area. You go ahead yeah. of me, go home, Baba's home, you know, uh, here's the card, go up and I'll tell Oshin in advance that he's coming just to see that he's he knows coming. his way there. Yeah. Um, we have once. How so overprotective, him. right? Yeah. We're still yeah. like trying to do everything to make yeah. sure we're in control of it. Yeah, I, I, I get freaked out. I'm just like, okay, we're inside the yeah. condo, but what if a stranger just comes in? There's still strangers yeah. around, I'm sure. Like, of okay, course. everyone knows each other. It's safe, but th- I don't know. There's also there's always this fear in me. I don't know. I think why. it's just twenty. It's not 1995 anymore. It's 2023. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you know, like the more I think about the kids growing up, the new, the new challenges. The more I'm reminded to just like cherish this age that they are now. Don't complain about the little tantrums or like them just waking us up early in the morning and wanting to play or like. Asking us a million questions before bedtime. This, this is the easy, easy period, apparently. Yes, as cheesy as it sounds, I have been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm not sure why. Maybe I'm getting closer to 40. I can't help but think this is the last time I'm doing this, especially the time that I'm spending with my one-year-old. The girls are already so independent. I'm finding it that I'm communicating less with them about things to do the the tasks that they need to be doing the girls now they make their own breakfast shower themselves they make their beds they know how to tidy up I still have to tell them here and there what to do obviously but when they do it on their own I get so teary I'm like oh they're listening you know when you talk and talk and talk over and over and again and you think oh are they even like is anything going through that head <laughs> Oh and then when you God. see them that they're doing it, they're doing what you asked them to do a week ago, <laughs> you know, like it's like it only registers a week later. That's that, so funny. Oh, that's right. I remember Mama talking about this. No, my kids are too young. I do tell them to do things, but how to? I do have to tell them five times. Yes, for them to do it. I think Woody just started be feeling more responsible after six, so you have to wait until six, mm. six and up. Yeah, Mika's really good. Selena, no, she gets she's I'm I'm tired. Oh, that's exactly what Hoodie <laughs> used to say. Drives me crazy. I mean, you just and woke up. Girl, what did you do? You just woke up. She's cheeky. That's what she is. She knows what she's saying. Yeah. And I used to look at Hoodie and I, I used to look at Lara and be like, 
hoodie. Look at Lara. She's just packed up everything in a nice to stop myself. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, she's two years older than yeah, her. And the, the whole comparing thing that. like doesn't work at all. Like as soon as you say yeah, so this, it's not comparing, but it's in front of your eyes. Where you you've got two children, you could yeah. see one is like trying so to be, quickly, yeah, you know, packing up and all that, and. Yeah, I mean, now Huri actually makes her bed before she leaves, That's go so to school. Good. And Lara has the messy that doesn't care. That's how you know their personalities, who's really tidy, yeah. who is not. There's another thing on my mind I wanted to talk to you about, this whole idea of best friend. And I want to see what you think about this because Mika has now started to call one of his friends his best friend. And I was so quick to advise him to not get too attached to that one friend who may all of a sudden decide that he doesn't want to play with him what do you do like have you guided the girls in any way about this have there like been any stories of disappointment yeah. like it must be different with girls though than it is with boys well it's it's probably more intense with the girls the whole uh bffs like lara comes and mentions that she has bff groups of bffs together but I always wanted to make sure she plays with everyone equally. I'm not really into the whole um, best friend thing. Yeah, look, I don't remember exactly what my experience was. Maybe I've whacked it off my memory. I don't remember what it was. But growing up, I never, never liked the idea of best friends or like best of anything. I When people say, oh, best dad in the world or like best mommy in the world, best wife in the world. No, you don't know the world yes maybe in your world so say best wife in my world yeah exactly <laughs> or I love my wife yeah but like when someone says best and I'm, I'm always like best of many wives like how many wives do you have you know <laughs> or even with best it doesn't friends, make sense like yes. I see people calling their friends many friends like their best friends I'm just like no that which one really is your best friend like pick one or don't pick any <laughs> just don't call anyone I like calling my good friends my close friends I'm always hesitant to use the word I always best. say that too I avoid I it. always say yeah I say close friends as well my girls even know who my close friends are you know they're, and they're usually the people that call the most or talk they the and, the, tata, the tatas yeah the, the, they're the friends that they come and visit and they know I have school friends which they're very I'm probably the closest to so they know there's like different types of friends that you have yeah I don't know I just always thought like maybe I'm not the I thought maybe it's just me not being the very affectionate type like I don't even like using the word love <laughs> like if someone sends me like love you I'd like lots of love <laughs> have I said I love you Maria I don't think I have. Well, I've, I've, said, I've said it a couple of times. It's just, it just takes so much. So if I've said it to you, like, just no. Have you? I can't remember you telling me I love you. I usually avoid it. Like, I think this is one of my. I would love if a friend told me I love you. Like, it's I would so take it as awkward. a joke. It's so weird. No, but like, I would say it a lot, it's... and it's good on them. Like, they have so much love to give. It's so good. But I feel like it's just used too much too often it doesn't like it I think always it's, mean anything see, when someone a friend says I love you to me I'm not gonna be like whoa thank you so much like I don't think of it that way if you say I love you I'm like oh I love you too yeah exactly and that's that's what it is but it's just just using the word love is just to me I'm just like probably oh. I've only got one friend which she is very close to me that I say I love you to her all the time but it's like love you bye love you 
No, it's also about the other friend. Like if the other friend always says it, if the other friend always says it, then you say it back. Yeah, she does. Right? Like if we both say it to each someone's other. Someone's calling you yeah. hun, which I hate. Like, but then you call them hum back. It's okay. But hey, then hun. hey hun, okay. Hi, hey hun <laughs> back. But then you don't go calling someone else hun who doesn't use the word hun. Babe. You know, that's oh babe, you know, like you never <laughs> used babe with me. You never babe me. I never babe. It's like so I think I did it once and you oh, were like, yeah. I think I did it accidentally. And I'm like, oops, wrong chat. <laughs> that that wasn't even supposed to go to you. I wouldn't talk to you like that. <laughs> I did ha- I did have best friends, very close friends back in Syria. We always talk about Syria. It's weird. I mean, we always mention how back in Syria, but you that was half my life, right? Not really, not really half quarter. Quarter of my life was spent there. And that's the time when I was growing up. So yeah. when I moved to Sydney, I was 15. The worst timing. So was I. Timing. I had a very hard time to blend in and make new friends, especially in a small private school where everyone has been together from kindergarten. Mm. And what's worse for me that all I cared about at that time was trying to make friends and blend in. I do mention to my girls that friends and especially school friends are not the only people that they mm. are going to be in their lives. They will meet friends outside of school who can be even closer than the friends who they've spent their entire lives with. I think every chapter in your life, you'll have these different friends and family members in your life that you are so close to so it's all down to your environment and what you're doing at that time I think growing your up, life you don't know that, that makes yet. sense yeah it makes sense like I think growing up obviously from experience you don't know that yet and you get so um, attached. that's exactly what I was about to say that that's what I warn my kids about that because when you're a kid you think oh my god this is my life forever school is my life forever the people at school that's all you care about and that's what I did and it was the worst thing that I thought back then when I was in school you grow up in a small community environment like us being Armenian and you get so attached to your friends to the point where even your social life after you grow up uh, you start going to work uni you work to work you're still attached to those friends in that community and growing up I never felt the need that I need to go out of my way and make friends from work with work colleagues for example in other cultures, it's so sad. Yeah, That's I was going really to say it's sad, so yeah. limiting in a way. Like yeah. I was talking about this with my uh, with with a friend here in Singapore. Like we growing up, we get so attached to our friends that we limit ourselves from opening up to other, other friends. friends. Yeah, like we're like, oh, I'm gonna be loyal to my friend. I'm gonna be loyal to my friend and not go hang out with other friends. So we we limit friendships in our lives. I have one thing to say about this. It's not mature. And then when you're mature in your 40s, which I'm almost there, then you start thinking, I don't need friends. (laughs) I'm way too busy. Let's not make any more friends. I think the point is, you know, that I want to teach my kids is don't limit yourselves when it comes to friendships. Don't get so attached. Like make sure you're open to everyone. Be transparent about it. You know, you know what I really miss though? The social side of me really, really misses our games nights. Like we used to have these really fun games nights together with friends. And we used to play mafia. I loved mafia. My Christian upbringing didn't allow lying. 
<laughs> so I let it all out in that game. Like if I have any trace of being a manipulative person, I blame it on Mafia, on the game Mafia. That's where I practiced it. Last time I played Mafia with you in 2020 when 2020. we went Hunter Valley with friends and wow. You can lie. <laughs> you were so convinced. Only in mafia. Like after each well game, done. I had to remind people, guys, oh, I'm not like this in real life. Yes, but it's just so hard to believe when you could see <laughs> someone really so good at lying. And <laughs> well done. One thing I can't, I'm just not good at lying. I mean, I'm not saying I don't lie, but when I do, it's so obvious, obvious on my face, obviously my voice. I fail every time I fail and it's like, and I mumble. It's just, yeah, I can't do it. No, I can do it in the game. I promise you only in the game. Do you know what? It's, I'm not convincing enough, am I? I think you're a good actor. That's what it is. Thank you, sir. But you know. It is. When you you know When you can pretend to be something that you're not, I'm just defending you. I'm not saying that you're a liar. <laughs> just just trying to, you know, save my face. When you are so good at pretending something that you're not, I think that's a good actor. I wonder what other toxic personalities I have. Like, have you noticed any anything else yourself? Like what? <laughs> like, I know I'm, I'm very bad at taking compliments. And I blame hubby for this. Growing up, you know, your parents raise you and constantly they tell you how you're the best uh you're the prettiest you're the kindest you're the warmest you deserve the world you know you do that to your kids right you know such a uh, such ethnic a, family exactly like a boost of like you yes. get this boost of self-esteem you know <laughs> and they should you know it help. it really helps with your confidence and all that then you meet your hubby and you go to the mall shopping or shopping center why am i saying more anyway then you meet your hubby and you go to the shopping center and you walk into a shoe store looking somewhat casual. And I had my hair in a bun and all that as well. Yeah. And the sales attendant compliments you on how pretty you are. And of course, the already confident me who was raised <laughs> that way thinks, oh, how nice. Thank you. I will accept that lovely compliment. And as you walk out, your hubby, who is a marketing major, turns around and tells you, you do know she was just trying to sell her products, right? Oh and I'm God. like, no, what? You know, confidence shattered, trust in people gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly like you. I would have totally believed her. So now, whenever anyone compliments me, my first thought is, what are you trying to sell? So now I'm stuck somewhere where if someone compliments me, I say, oh, don't you don't have to and then if they don't compliment I complain and protest and think like oh how unsupportive like why aren't they complimenting me thanks hubby I'm ruined for life what are some toxic personalities you have I have I have so much more oh I got another one but wait you go first you could you could be perfect it's okay of course yes I'm very perfect money I'm for overanalyzing also I do like to tell my stories in detail. That's not a bad thing. It's okay. Details matter to me. I like to listen to details. Like if you have a good listener, then it's it's actually not a bad thing. You just have to find friends who, who enjoy who enjoy the details. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Here's another one I have. Okay, so you have an event on. A big social event. A lot of people will be there and you want to, you know, present yourself the best. You know, look at me. I've been working out and I look good and I'm happy <laughs> and healthy. 
So I start my diet and, you know, taking care of my skin weeks ahead, that event, whatever the event is, it could be a wedding, whatever. And then the week of the event comes about, what do I do? Eat. Stop exercising. Pickle my face and my pimples. And then end up like cutting a fridge to hide my pimples. You are very famous with cutting a fridge. (laughs) There you go. That's a toxic personality (laughs) for you. There's more, of course, you know, perfectionism. You mentioned overanalyzing. I am very bad at overanalyzing. Is being a realist toxic? I don't think so. I think we're both pretty realists when it comes to it. We're not overly positive and we're not negative. Maybe more negative than than positive. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes, definitely realist and negative. I cannot stand optimistic personalities. Life is not meant to be optimistic. I am so careful of sending you anything optimistic <laughs> when it comes to reels. <laughs> like mom's preaching, mom's preaching soft parenting. Like I don't send those to you. I'm like, Stalin doesn't want to hear this. Wow. So I Wow. You, this is, this is a nah. good friend. You're a good friend. You're welcome. Well, to me, life is tough and it's hard, but we have to do it anyway. So as my husband says, eat some concrete and <laughs> and hard enough. Does he say this to the kids? But he does say it to the kids. <laughs> he does. <laughs> wow. And this is coming from a mom who almost every night has a meltdown because of how exhausted I am. But again, life goes on. And back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that this is the last time we are doing whatever we are doing with our kids. So enjoy every bit of it with all the pain that comes with it. You do like the Bible, like preaching. I was going to say if there's, yeah, like what is optimistic? When you Google it, it's saying hope. Okay. I mean, if you want to mention Bible, my hope is in Jesus. I think your optimism is your faith. Like your hope lies in your faith. I, th- I feel like when someone says optimistic to me, I, I'm like, it's like, oh, they're living in a la la land. Like, yeah, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. It'll go away. I'm like, no, things don't go away that easily. Like you almost die before it goes away. You know, my HSC Armenian language speech was on this topic, optimism versus pessimism. <laughs> the pros and the cons. I mean, don't ask me now. I don't, this was how many years ago. Man, I always think there's people out there who they need to have optimistic friends to tell them to be hopeful all the time. I'm the type of friend who's realistic and would tell you how to deal with it right now rather than be hopeful, such as like, get over it. (laughs) These emotions and troubles is not going to go away anytime soon, but you still need to be a mom, a wife or whatever you need to be. This well, this is called tough love, and I know so many people genuinely can't handle this type of it's conversations. True. Does practicing daily gratitude fall into optimism or realism? Is realism a word or being realistic? Like me asking you to tell me three things you're grateful for today. I think that's real. You're not being hopeful for some someone something positive to happen. You're looking at what's working out right now, and you're being thankful for it. I do agree that it's it's good to have different types of friends, one who is really realistic, one who is really optimistic. It's good to have that balance. But I can't handle someone who's negative, like someone who is just negative, who doesn't want to take advice. Who doesn't no, to, we're yeah. not talking. We are that definitely not talking about negative. Negativity yeah. is horrible. 
I'm I'm not a negative no, person. Not. So I'm you're not a negative, realistic. but I'm not a positive person either. I'm just really like reality. This is what it is right now. And I just have to deal with what I have. So that's what we're talking about. Because positivity is really annoying as well. Being positive I, I about agree. everything. Because sometimes you don't want to hear the, the, that po- constant positive advice because you just, you already know what's being said, if you know what I mean. Like, you already know what to do. You already know what's being said. I mean, we're not kids. We're adults. We're grown-ups. We're um, hopefully responsible yeah. mums, <laughs> you know, that we've already gone yeah. through everything. We've already thought about it all. And everyone's situation is. is different. I mean, just like we said, when it comes to kids, I could give you an advice about a kid, yeah. but it, it will mean nothing to you because your child is so different. Every kid is different. And we buy books and we do so much research to learn how to raise no, our the, children. The, the, the thing with books is like it's researched. It's a, it's it's an educated opinion. But and I'm happy to Educated opinion, those. I understand. but Based it still on research and experience. But it still doesn't apply on your kids. It could. It's very hard. I even know someone that she's a um, she's actually a midwife and she said – when it when having a child really humbles you ha, being a midwife she was so proud how like yeah I'm a midwife I could do this I could do the whole baby um settling uh weaning mm-hmm. or whatever it is and she said my baby basically couldn't didn't mm-hmm. sleep at all and she, there was nothing that she could do books. would help none of her education none of her None of her experience was good enough for this child that she gave birth to. And she struggled, you know. That's how you know it's got nothing to do with experience and education. It is to do with the child. You do you do put together all this information that you've taken from books, uh, you know, you, the nurses, the doctors that you see and all that. But at the end, you just have to do what your child is telling you to do. Yeah, look, I think, again, it's based on each person's personality some people need that positive affirmation all the time in their lives you know some people need that constant um uh, opinion or they need to read the books to feel to feel confident about handling a situation and then the people who are extremely negative i think you know it could be draining to your friendship then the guilt comes it's like what do you do do you separate yourself from that person or not i'm talking about those kind of people that no matter what you do it's they're not going to come out of that negativity they're just going to bring you down that's when they need help they need professional help yeah. it's there's no other way how did we get to this conversation yeah they need counseling they need professional help that's not something that yeah you can be there for them it, but when, you have to... it, because it's you're dealing with the emotions it's all emotional like my life is not perfect like how am i supposed to help your mm. negativity like i'm probably in the same situation but i'm just seeing it differently and if I can't make that friend see it the same way as I'm I'm seeing it like we can have the same issue but we could both deal with it differently yeah if I'm not motivated if we're not motivating each other that means this is something out of our control and they really need to see someone professional how do we get into these conversations? Is this a DNM? DNM. Let's call it that. Saran Mar DNM. Finally, you're finished. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mum Girl. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram to keep up with us. Bye bye.